0: As you know, we love the Word of God, and I I think I've mentioned this a couple Sundays already, but I'm going to keep mentioning it because it's been a profound sort of simple truth that I'm taking to heart much more, and that is every time I read my Bible, God speaks to me. It's Him, actually. It's an interactive spiritual uh, thing that's going on there, so when you read your Bible, it's much different than reading another book. You're reading the words of an author, you're hearing their mind, but when you read your Bible, as we go through the Bible, God Himself is personally interacting with us. That's an amazing thing to consider. It's alive and powerful, sharp than any two-edged sword. It divides between the thoughts and intents of our hearts. What does? God does. So that's why we love the Word. We know it's our spiritual food. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word. the Word of God. So all these things, again, I want to just continue to encourage you. Even I spoke to a brother this week. Just tell him, right, do, you have a t- do you have a plan to read through your Bible? And if not, I would encourage you, maybe it's going to be, maybe you can do it, if you do it in a year, it's about three chapters a day. If you do it in two, it's about, it doesn't take a lot, but have you ever read through the whole Bible? And uh, unfortunately, many believers have never done that, and we're missing out when we don't. God gave it to us to feed us and, and nurture us and help us to know what he thinks and his heart toward us, amen? So we're in Genesis chapter 21, would you stand? I'm going to read the first eight verses together with you. I'll read it, you follow. And uh, I'm going to be putting all the other scriptures up on the screen so we can read them. I'm going to ask you if you would keep your Bibles open or your, your uh, devices and just follow along so we can take the word in as, in as many ways as possible. So Genesis chapter 21, verse 1. And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said. And the Lord did for Sarah as he had spoken. For Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age at the set time of which God had spoken to him. And Abraham called the name of his son who was born to him, whom Sarah bore to him, Isaac. Then Abraham circumcised his son Isaac when he was eight days old, as God had commanded him. Now Abraham was 100 years old when his son Isaac was born to him. And Sarah said, God has made me laugh, and all who hear will laugh with me. She also said, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? For I have borne him a son in his old age. So the child grew and was weaned, and Abraham made a great feast on the same day that Isaac was weaned. So Lord, we thank you for your word, and we understand again, Lord, that you have given to us in abundance your word, and you've given to us for our sake, that we might learn and grow, that we might be able to really take to heart your heart toward us, but Lord, even more so through us to others. So transform us, I pray this morning, by the renewing of our minds. Speak to our hearts. Help us, Lord, as we leave today to have gone out with something that we sense you've spoken to us through your word. So bless, I pray, the things that I prepared. Break them fresh. Feed us. We're hungry. We look to you. Holy Spirit, come. Minister now as only you can. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. You can be seated. So Martin Luther King said, It is cheerful to God when you rejoice or laugh from the bottom of your heart. God loves that, and he wants the joy in your presence. It's fullness of joy. I've titled this the birth of laughter because Isaac's name means he laughs or laughter. So Jesus was the most joyful human being that ever walked on the earth. Now think about that a moment. I remember several years ago, I saw the Jesus film. That was the first time I had seen any kind of film about Jesus that had him laughing. And it kind of struck me, because a lot of the films that we see are the sober-minded, the serious. But I believe that if you were with Jesus, you would have been laughing many, many times. And we'll look at some of that this morning. So Hebrews says this, 1-9. You have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. So in the presence of, there's fullness of joy in the presence of the Lord. Jesus talked about joy, and it's interesting. Many times it was coupled with the keeping of his commandments. So in in John chapter 15, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy, interesting, now we think of commandments many times as being this thing I have to do. Now, if we understand that God's commandments are for our good, for our joyful experience of life, he says, these things I've spoken to that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. So in the Trinity, there is fullness of joy, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And Jesus said, I want you to enter into that with us. How? Understand that the commandments are good. They're for our benefit to draw us into a deeper relationship with God. Someone said laughter is an instant vacation. I like that. Laughter is an instant vacation. You know, when all of a sudden something strikes you. You know, my dad, uh, this happened with him quite often. He would, he would have one, you know, we all have these, these times when he just, something strikes him funny and he can't stop laughing. Isn't that the greatest? He's crying. My, this would happen to my dad quite often. He would just lose it, laughing. Don't you love to lose it laughing? And that's what happened often with, with my dad. Uh, Woody Allen said, I'm thankful for laughter except when milk comes out of my nose. <laughs> so the birth of laughter. He named him Isaac, which means laugh or laughter. So there are three things. Let's read verses 1 and 2. We'll get a little little outline here. And the Lord visited Sarah, as he had said. And the Lord did for Sarah, notice, as he had spoken. For Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age and at the set time of which God had spoken to him. So, the birth of laughter, first of all, it's when faith conceives the faithfulness of God. Three times in these verses, the Lord had said as he spoke which God had spoken to him. So when faith conceives the faithfulness of God, when we begin to understand God's faithfulness, it ushers out in a joy that he is who he said he is and he does what he says he will do. Now that word visited in verse 1 means being gracious. It has the idea of focusing on God's Attentive care and concern for us. He visited. Often you find this word, he visited, visited. It's this God visiting graciously because he cares and he's concerned. So to put that together, the plan not only came about, it happened just as God announced it and God was intimately involved in it, in his care and concern. So it calls our attention to God's faithfulness, to his word, and his care and concern in making sure It happens. That's the idea. He visited them and he said three times. Now faith, also when faith conceives the miraculous power of God. Now in this passage, and we'll get this often, we get this little phrase in verse 2, 3, 5, and 7 pointing to the age of the mom and the age of the dad, 100 years old and 90 years old. See, these things that we are seeing are impossible except for God. And God did these things. So it's when faith conceives the miraculous power of God. God can do anything. There's nothing too hard for the Lord. It's the miraculous power that we understand. There's nothing too hard for God. Now, we may laugh at many things. Oh, yeah, right. But that's not true when you, when you bring God into the picture. He created the universe out of nothing. He brings life out of death, as we'll see in one of the passages in Romans about this very story. Jesus raised the dead, gave sight to the blind, hearing to the deaf, the lame walked, and on go all that Jesus did. It's impossible unless you bring God into the equation, and you can't get more, much more impossible than these things that we read in the Bible. In fact, as I've been meditating on the kingdom that's coming, the kingdom that's coming is impossible for us to set it up. It requires a supernatural God. But if you bring supernatural God into the picture, none of these things are impossible for him. They might be promises that are 3,000 years old. That doesn't matter to God. He's going to do it. So we got to bring the supernatural power, the miraculous power of God. It doesn't matter what age you are at. God can still do the same things that he did when you were younger. John, in, in John's gospel, twice... He's trying, I think he's trying to finish the gospel. So he gets to chapter 20. He's going through all the, you know, the crucifixion, rising from the old side. And then in chapter 20 he says, and many other things. There were many other signs that Jesus did in the presence of his disciples that are not written in this book. So John, he's, he's, I think chapter 20 is trying to wrap it up. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. So what did John do? He took just seven Here's seven signs that Jesus did, in the, but there are many others. So he tries to wrap it up, but then he says, chapter 21, after these things, then he goes on talking about how he showed himself again to the disciples, and at the end of that he says, and Jesus did many other things, which if they were written one by one, I suppose even the world itself could not contain the books that would be written, and I think that's so true. If you if if try and write down all that Jesus did, you, you don't have enough libraries to contain the books that would be written. I mean, it was just incredible. So the birth of laughter, the joy of the Lord is when my faith conceives the miraculous power of God. The third one that we'll look at has to do at the set time. So when faith conceives the perfect timing of God, it should bring, usher in a joy in our lives. That God is faithful to his word. That God's miraculous power can do anything. And that the perfect timing of God is in everything that he does. You know, and we'd like to be the one keeping the clock. (laughs) But we have the eternal God who's outside of time, keeping time and timing our lives. So the birth of Isaac was at the precise time that God told them. And when he told them, well look at this, when he told them, they go, oh yeah, right, Sarah laughs. Abraham laughs. Yeah, right. God is never a minute late or a minute early. He's always right on time. At the very time is what that means, literally. So Abraham then, verse 3, called the name of his son who was born to him, whom Sarah bore to him, Isaac. Now, I think he can't write the thing down without saying, look, yeah, I got to remind you again. It's who, how old I was. He was born to me, and he was born through Sarah, who was 90 years old. He did, uh, I think that Sarah is there sort of going, yeah, you got that's what happened. So, Isaac, again, It's the perfect, wonderful name chosen by God for them to remember and joy. It's Isaac. It's laughter. It recalls for them, though, also their doubtful unbelief at the promise. That they would actually have a son born to them in their old age and within a year. Now, if you just reflect a little bit. As we look back, hindsight's 20-20, but hindsight is fantastic when it comes to conceiving things and seeing what God has done. We look back and realize, wow, he did that. And he did it for me. Now, we also can look back and say, well, I wish he had done it sooner. But his timing is perfect. And as we see We're praying, we're agonizing, and God brings something along, and it comes to bear. And then we begin adding a couple more months, a couple more years into it, and we realize God's timing is perfect. That's faith. That's conceiving now the perfect timing of God, the miraculous power of God, the faithfulness of God to His Word. Now, this word laugh is found seven times. In Genesis, beginning in chapter 17, verse 17 through the final time in, Acts, in Genesis 21, 6, where we find it twice. Now, in, 20, in verse 21, 6, we're finding there, again, conceiving these things. But look at, let's look at what happened with Abraham. Abraham fell on his face and laughed in doubtful unbelief. Genesis chapter 17, then God said to Abraham, As for, as for Sarah your wife, Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. And I will bless her and also give you a son by her. Then I will bless her and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of peoples shall be from her. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed. This is, this is doubtful unbelief. And said in his heart, shall a child be born to a man who's 100 years old? Yeah, right, God. And shall Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear a, bear a child? And Abraham said to God, oh, that Ishmael might live before He already has his son, Ishmael. Oh, that he might live. It was his son. He loved Ishmael. Then God said, no, Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son, not Hagar, and you shall call his name Isaac, laughter. I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his descendants after him. So what's Abraham's response to the promise, to the word of God? Ha, yeah, right. And he falls on his face in doubtful unbelief. Now, the same thing happened in a different manner with Sarai in chapter 18 of Genesis. And he said, I will certainly return. Now, the angels are speaking to Abraham in the tent. I will certainly return to you according to the time of life. And behold, Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. Now, Sarah was listening in the tent door, which was behind him. So she's listening in on the conversation. Now, Abraham and Sarah were old, well advanced in age. And this is brought out in the passages that we read about this. And Sarah had passed the age of childbearing. Therefore, Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I've grown old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord being old also? This is, there's just no way. And the Lord said, And I think the angels are kind of chuckling under their breath. <laughs> Why did Sarah laugh? Saying, Shall I bear a child since I am old? And here's a her response. Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time, I'll return to you according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. About a year later. But Sarah denied it, saying, I did not. No, no. She said, hey, I, I believe. I believe. Yeah, right. Oh, no, no, no. But you did laugh. You laughed. So five times we find this laughing was in doubtful unbelief. Not, not yet seeing the faithfulness of God to his word, the miraculous power of God to do whatever he, he can do, anything. And the perfect timing of God in everything that he does in one year. So we have these mixed in here, these three things that are the, the birth of laughter when it actually happens. Okay, verse 4. Abraham circumcised his son Isaac, whom he had, who was eight days old, as God had commanded him. Now in Genesis chapter 17, this is what God told him. This is my covenant, which you shall keep between me and you and your descendants after you. Every male among you shall be circumcised. He who is eight days old among you shall be circumcised. You, I, I think you have to kind of, Abraham, he's got Isaac now. And he's eight days, I'm doing, for sure, eight days he's going to get circumcised. I mean, he is so like ready because now he has this son that was impossible. And so he said, okay, eight days. Yeah, okay, I'm going, to, I'm going to bring him to be circumcised. Verse five, now Abraham was 100 years old. When his son Isaac was born to him, and Sarah, Sarah said, God has made me laugh. You gotta know. I mean, just having a child is the most incredible thing. One of the most incredible things, maybe next to my salvation, of anything that's ever happened in my life. I, you know, I would grow, when I was growing up, I'd tell, say to my mom, I'm never gonna get married, I'm never gonna have children. So one day, my dad actually recorded me on a cassette tape. You know what a cassette tape is? I'm going to play that at your wedding. Well, that never happened because you wouldn't even know it was me. I'm never going to get married. I'm not going to have kids. I'm like 10 years old or something. <laughs> and that was something I just didn't know if that's... And so I got married, which was fantastic to start it. And then after five years of marriage, she said, we got to make a decision here because she's 40. So we, we, she conceived. And when I held my, my, my first son, Trevor, it was the most incredible, life-changing experience that I've had in my life. I said, I am an idiot. <laughs> so then I said, sorry, we got to have lots of kids. And if you talk to me at all, you'll know. I said, you, you know, don't just have two or three. Have like, like a dozen. Because <laughs> listen, when it's all said and done, what we have is family. Now I have four grandkids. So it's one of the most incredible things in all of life And here, can you imagine? Dad, you're 100. Mom, you're 90. And you go, no, and I don't even want to imagine that. (laughs) That's what's going on here for Abraham and Sarah. And so he's made me laugh. And all who hear will laugh with me indeed. She also said, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? For I have borne him a son in his old age. So she can't stop chuckling about the whole thing. Who who wouldn't? It really means God gave her laughter. Her laughter of unbelief was now changed to the laughter of rejoicing. Why? Because God's faithful to his word. God can do anything and everything he does, and it is his perfect timing. Now Abraham as well, verse 8, so the child grew and was weaned. And Abraham made a great feast on the same day that Isaac was weaned. So this is probably two, three years old. Now note, their faith for a long time was very lacking. But now they're laughing out loud. That's what God does for all of us. Praising God for his amazing grace, for the power that he has, for the things that he can do that were impossible for us to have ever even conceived, never mind, bring to pass. It's the transformation of the faith of Abraham and Sarah that we're seeing here. Conceiving the faithfulness of God, the power of God, and the timing of God. That God is faithful to his word. That he can do anything and everything he does is in his perfect timing. And it causes us to say, God, keep keeping the clock. Keep doing the things that you say you will do and help me just stay before you and looking for you to do what you said you will do. The birth of Isaac was a miraculous birth at a perfect time according to the word of God to them. Now, in Romans chapter 4, we're going to hit some passages here that bring in this whole thing. Romans chapter 4. Therefore, it is a faith that it might be according to grace so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham who is the father of us all. Next verse. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed, God, who gives life to the dead, and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Who, contrary to hope, Abram? Who, contrary to hope, in hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations, according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. Now notice, not being weak in faith. Now hold on a second. He was weak in faith, as far as I'm concerned. But you see, the the story's not over yet until we get to these passages where he's looking back on what happened to Abraham. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old. And the deadness of Sarah's womb. Notice, he did not waver at the promises God threw In other words, he looked at the human possibility and realized it's impossible. He didn't look at the human limitations. But rather he did not waver the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced of what he had promised, he was also able to perform and therefore was accounted to him for righteousness. Now this is the end, this is the summation of the story from God's perspective. It's the same thing he's doing with you and I. He's working in our lives to bring us to a place we conceive these things where our faith grabs hold and realize God is faithful to his word. He's faithful to his promises. And if he isn't, we're in big trouble. Can you hear an amen? If what God said isn't true, then we're in trouble. Why are we even here? His word is true. Every jot and tittle will be fulfilled. His miraculous power can do anything. There is nothing too hard for the Lord. But the problem we have in knowing that is the timing of the Lord. So he's promised these things, but why isn't that happening? Why is this going on? And we need to say, okay, Lord, I'm going to trust you for the timing. But I'm going to pray my guts out according to your word. And he is able to do exceeding the above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us by his Holy Spirit. Romans 4.21. Oh, we already got that. Okay. Uh, okay, so let me go on here. Both Abraham and Sarah would learn that apart from God, they could do nothing. That's what they're learning. That this whole promise was impossible, humanly speaking. Now, when you think of your salvation, these are the This is the foundation that we are also understanding. That these things, apart from God, would never happen. Impossible. But with God, the things that are impossible, humanly speaking, are possible with God. And foundationally, that's our salvation. Beginning of our assurance is in what God is able to do, and God's word, and God's timing. That apart from God, they had nothing to do with Isaac's birth. It was God. And they were his instruments in accomplishing what he promised. Sarah lived, listen, Sarah lived with the shame of being childless. And it became hopeless because she said, I'm way past the age of childbearing. And sometimes God allows the things of life to bring us to that same place. Despair and hopelessness. Sarah lived with that shame. People must have smiled. Behind their backs. Kind of laughed. Yeah. Abraham father of many nations. He got Ishmael. That's hardly a multitude of nations. Even Sarah is going to be the mom of kings and priests. Yeah right. She doesn't even have a child. So behind their backs. There's this laughter going on. But now. All the reproach, all the things that they may have borne, all the laughter that went on behind their backs was answered, how? With the faithfulness and the power and the timing of God. And when that happens, who's glorified? Who's magnified? Not me. I mean, if we were able to work it out, we'd go, you see what I did down there? But God allows these things, so we conceiving Our faith conceives his faithfulness, his power, and his timing. And it radically revolutionizes our relationship with him when we see it. And it brings a joy of depth, a laughter in our souls. In the presence of the Lord, that's fullness of joy. Sarah's pregnancy was certainly one of the most celebrated of all pregnancies. Sarah was the only 90-year-old nursing mother in history. Sarah was the only woman to give birth at 90 years of age. And listen, it was baby number one. Not like 53. (laughs) It was number one. So when it came to celebrating, there was laughter everywhere. And again, as I'm just thinking and meditating so much, enjoying on the kingdom age. Let me tell you, there's going to be laughter everywhere. There's going to be joy everywhere, all over planet earth, because of God's faithfulness to do what he said he'd do. God's miraculous power to set the thing up and make it work and make it happen. And the timing, you know, we look, are you looking forward to the kingdom? You're looking forward to standing in the kingdom age? Listen, brothers and sisters, if it weren't for God, it would never happen. But because of God, listen, it's going to happen. And there's going to be such joy when the child is playing on the adders, the snakes, the lions laying down with the lamb. There's peace and righteousness and glory that covers the earth like the waters cover the sea. And we're going to be such this fantastic time. Now, if it wasn't for the miraculous power of God, it would never happen. We can't make that happen. But he has promised, and he is faithful to his word. He is able to do it, and he will yet do that. So most everyone who heard, as Sarah said, would laugh along with her. <laughs> this is absolutely incredible. Now, Hagar, as we get in our next study, she sort of put a damper on the whole joy thing. She scoffed at this whole Isaac thing. And we'll look at that next week. Warren Wiersbe said this, trusting God's promises not only gives a blessing at the end, but a blessing while you're waiting. When God wants to build our patience, he gives us promises, sends us trials, and tells us to trust him, unquote. Now those kind of quotes I know are very true, but sometimes I don't like them because he gives us trials. Why do I have to have trials? Why? Because he wants us to conceive his faithfulness, his power, and his timing. So he's working in our lives in such a way that we fall before him in laughing, believing faith. Like Sarah, and we're going to laugh along with God. And so Hebrews 6, 11 and 12 says this. We desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end, that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who, through faith and patience, what inherit the promises. There is a patient waiting on God in these matters. Hebrews ten thirty six. For you have need of endurance, so after that, after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. Hebrews eleven. By faith Sarah herself also received strength to conceive see. And she bore a child when she was past the age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead were born as many as the stars in the sky and, and numerous as the sand, which is by the seashore. Now, when, God, when these promises to Abraham are given, both of these things, as many as the stars, as many as the sand. Now, you start trying to count them, you'll give up rather quickly. In other words, it's, it's like this incredible thing that God's promised to them that goes beyond anything you could ever count. By fa- uh, these all died in faith. Notice they all died in faith. In faith, they had their lapses, they had their unbelief, but when it came to the end of their lives, they had conceived these things because of what God let allowed to happen in their lives and through their lives. Not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Praise the Lord. He is faithful, he is powerful, and his timing is perfect. James chapter 1. My brethren, count it all joy. Do you count it all joy? Well, what, what for what? When you fall into various trials. Uh, the answer, no. <laughs> Knowing that the testing of your faith produces what? Patience. There it is again. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking Nada. Nothing. First Peter. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has, according to His abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope. How? Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, that does not fade away, reserved in heaven. Where? In heaven for you. Notice. Who are kept by the power of God. Through faith... For salvation ready to reveal revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. That the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, who, having not seen you love, I remember I'm, I'm reflecting back on Peter, on, uh, on Thomas. On that night when Jesus was betrayed, he rose again from the dead. He appears to some of his disciples, but Thomas wasn't with them. Thomas said, Unless I put my hand in the print, in his nails, put my hand into his side, I'm not going to believe. And then Jesus shows up eight days later. Boom, doors are shut. Thomas, come here, look at my hands, and put your hand into my side. He said, Do not be unbelieving, but believing. And Thomas answered and said to him, my Lord and my God. And Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who having not seen yet believe. That's you and I. That's you and I. But listen, it's only a little temporary time element to it. One day we will see him. We will worship him as a lamb who has been slain. Worthy is the lamb who to receive honor and glory and dominion and power because you, you were crucified for us, you died, your blood has redeemed us from every tribe and tongue and people and nation and we shall be kings and priests to our God and we shall reign with him forever. See, we, it may be a little gap and we don't see him, but listen, God's working right now in our faith. In whom having not seen, you love. You love him. Though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith. What is that? The salvation of your souls. I say amen. Praise the Lord. Faithful, powerful, and perfect in all of his timing. And so so unwavering as Abraham was in his faith, he became His faith became so, he he conceived these things until he was willing in Genesis 22 to sacrifice laughter. We're going to get that, chapter 22. It's one of the most amazing, profound chapters in all the Bible as 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 far as my opinion. He's ready to bring laughter to the altar. Why? Out of obedience to God. Same connection. If you keep my commandments, I want my joy to remain in you. Abraham, as we'll see in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 17. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, the ultimate test comes when your children and you in relationship is tested. Offered up Isaac and he who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, in Isaac your seed shall be called. Notice, concluding that God was able to raise him even from the dead, from which he also received him in a figurative sense. In other words, they received the deadness of Sarah's womb, 100 years old, 90 years old, and God did that. And so Abraham, as he's called by God to offer up his son, his only son, the son who God recognized, the son of promise, Isaac. He had Ishmael, but the son that he recognized. I want to go tell the story right now in Genesis 22. As God tells me, take a, and He says, "Okay, God's telling me I'm going to obey God because I know He's faithful. I know He's all powerful, and I know it's, what He's calling me to do is it's time to do it." He concluded. In other words, Abraham believed in the resurrection. And friends, that is the bottom line hope that we have. If there's no resurrection from the dead, we are all To be pitied. If Jesus didn't rise from the dead as the first fruits of us, then our resurrection? But Jesus said at the tomb of Lazarus, he who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. And he said to Martha, do you believe it? Listen, that's the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Can God raise the dead? Is that too hard for him? No, Jesus came and proved it. Is God able to do that? Yes. Did God promise to do that? Yes. Jesus said, I'm going to raise you from the dead in the last day. If there's no resurrection, we got no kingdom to go to. So it's the birth of laughter in your soul and your spirit. Knowing the faithfulness of God to His Word. Knowing that God can do anything. His miraculous power. And knowing that everything God does is in the perfect time. Jesus came to transform our faith. We can look back in hindsight now, as we will in communion this morning, and realize this is what God did in time and in space. Jesus came. He was born because God is faithful to his word. He was miraculously conceived because nothing's too hard for the Lord. And the Bible tells he came at the perfect time. God said, it's time. It's time. Born under the law. Born to redeem those who are under the law. God's perfect timing. And so can you hear the angels laughing at his birth announcement? The shepherds are out there. Suddenly there's with the angels a multitude of the heavenly hosts saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill toward men. There's this joy in the heavens because God's timing and his power and his plan is now being and here he is, the child born. Miraculously. I thought, can you see the smile on Jesus' face as the disciples are told and commanded feed them. So well, how are we going to feed these 10,000 plus people? Jesus said, well, what do you have? Five loaves and two fish. Okay, have them sit down. You know, and, and I, see, I can just picture you just kind of smiling as a little lad brings all he had. He takes and breaks them and then begins feeding. And he, and he had so much, there's plenty for everyone. Even he gather up the baskets with the leftovers. And he did it not just once, he did it twice. To bring a a sense of wow over the crowd, but particularly over his own disciples. Smiling as he's in the company of tax collectors and sinners. I like this one. Smiling as little short Zacchaeus climbs up the tree. And Jesus comes and says, Zacchaeus, Come on down, because I'm going to go be in your house. I'm going to visit your house today. Can you picture The joy that went into the lives of people because of what Jesus was doing in demonstrating who he is for their sakes. Imagine you're in the boat. Tremendous storm. And here comes Jesus walking on the ocean. Kind of a smile on his face. Hey, tell us what's the problem? I like this one. Again, John 21. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples, and this way he showed himself to the Sea of Tiberias. Simon Peter and seven others of the disciples, Simon Peter says, I'm going fishing. Because Jesus wasn't around. We knew, we've we seen him once, twice, but where is he? I don't know. I'm going fishing. The disciples said, we're going with you. And so they went down that night, immediately got in the boat, and that night they're fishing all night long, and they catch nothing. Now, when the morning had come, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. And here's what I love. So Jesus said to them, "Uh, children, have you caught any food? I think they're saying about, who, who, because they didn't recognize him. Well, no, but who are you? He said, well, cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you'll find some. So they cast it on the right side of the boat, and now the net was so full they couldn't even draw it in. (laughs) I love it. And so that disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the Lord. And Peter, Simon Peter, throws on his outer garment because he had removed it. He plunges into the sea. The other disciples came in a little boat because they weren't far from land, about 200 cubits, dragging the net with fish. So these other guys are, we got this catch, we're not letting this thing go. Peter's in the water, swimming to Jesus. But I love it. Children, have you caught anything? No. <laughs> who are you? It's the Lord. Woo, I'm in. I'm all in. And these, you know, there are so many things we could talk about when you think about the life of Jesus and the laughter and the joy and the fullness that he brings to our lives because he is who he said he is. He will do what he said he will do and he'll do it in his perfect timing. And we are the beneficiaries of that birthing of the son of God for our sakes. Wow. He died on a cross and rose from the dead that your joy and my joy may be full. No question. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, Hebrews 11, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who, what, for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising its shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. The joy that was set before him. He could look through the cross, all of that, realizing that this relationship he has with the Father and the Holy Spirit is intact. He's going to be entering into that, and we ourselves then, because of what Jesus did, can enter into the joy of the Lord through him, and through him only. God is faithful. God is able. And God's timing is perfect. Would you bow your heads with me? We're going to take communion. Before before we do, I want to give an opportunity to anyone that doesn't know Jesus and doesn't know this joy and doesn't know this incredible God of the Bible. Please, just all believers, just bow your heads. You're praying. And if you're here and you don't know Jesus, as I've said, you're missing out. Because God created you to know Him. You have a longing in your heart for these things that God has put into your very created design in His image to know the only true God and Jesus Christ who He sent. But the problem entered that man sinned and we are then born as sinners, separated from God. there's a need that you have to have your sin forgiven you and God sent Jesus to provide on the cross the sacrifice necessary that your sins might be forgiven but as in any relationship it's a choice if it's going to be meaningful so just as God created Adam and Eve in the garden in the perfect paradise they sinned against him they chose that God honored that choice so for you He's offering you a choice through Christ, but you must make that choice. How do you do that? Well, you hear also, you understand that you need forgiveness of your sin, that Jesus is that sacrifice that God provided for your sin. All your crimes have been paid for on the cross. And then you realize I need that forgiveness personally, myself, and so you ask God, through Jesus to forgive you of your sin by repenting which means turning from your old life because you realize that's the way of death and now you're going to turn to Christ who will lead you in paths of righteousness who will give you salvation, fill you with his Holy Spirit it all comes through you just repenting which means turning from your sin, confessing your sin, asking God to forgive you of your sin through Jesus Christ and if you ask God through Jesus Christ to forgive you He will, he's faithful to his word. So if that's you, as we're praying, I'm gonna ask you to do three things so you know ahead of time. One, just to raise your hand and say, yes, I wanna say yes to Jesus today. I've been thinking about this and I'm sure you have. God's been sort of knocking on the door of your heart. Maybe it's been weeks, maybe it's been months, maybe it's been years, but you've never made that choice. You've never made that confession. So that's one, raise your hand. Then I'm gonna ask you to stand up because when you stand up, What happens is you're obedient now to God. And through your standing up, you're saying, I'm going to obey God. I'm going to repent. I'm going to confess my sin. And as you stand publicly, you're going to find that all the excuses, all the fears, all the things that's kept you from making that decision are going to be left behind today. Today. Third thing, just to walk up to one of the tables where someone will pray with you. So if that's you, just for another minute, if that's you, just raise your hand. And I might see that. I want to say yes to Jesus today. And we want to acknowledge that. We want you to acknowledge that. We want to see you entering the kingdom today. Today is the day of salvation, it says in the Bible. So if that's you, just we're praying. We're praying. We know it's a battle. We know it's, a, it's a, sometimes, sometimes can get pretty intense. But we're praying, and we know that God's speaking to your heart. Is today the day you need to say yes to Jesus? I believe that it is. We're going to go into a time of communion. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed, and broke it, and gave it to the disciples and said, Take ye, this is my body. On that night, he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. For this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sin. That was just partaking, applying the blood. But I say to you, Jesus, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And so Paul said, I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. That the Lord Jesus on the night in which he was betrayed took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. So as you're receiving those emblems, just hold those. What we're doing is we're looking back at what Jesus accomplished. We're looking forward because he said he's going to, we're going to be in that kingdom age with him. And right now we're remembering that. We're proclaiming that, realizing our only hope is in Christ and what he's accomplished for us. We had no part in it. We couldn't do anything to, to make it. God did it all. And then he, we we enter into that fantastic, powerful thing called salvation by our faith in him. Amen. So I'm going to ask you, just draw near to the Lord in your own personal What's the need you have? What are you thinking about today with you? And remember, looking back, it's all been taken care of. Looking forward, it's going to be coming to pass. So right now, we just need to, we need Jesus more than ever. Amen? And that's what we're going to do. So as we sing this song, as you're receiving they'll just hold them, and then I'll come up and lead us together.